I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm Peter Spiegel. The EU this week began expelling migrants from Greece and sending them back to Turkey, a policy that even the United Nations has criticized as a possible violation of international law and the Geneva Conventions. Thus far, the expulsions have been largely symbolic, numbering in the hundreds. But already we have seen rioting in Greek refugee camps, controversy over whether the wrong people are being deported, and questions over whether Turkey is forcing Syrians fleeing the war back into their own country. At the same time, the policy seems to be working. The massive influx into Greece appears to be slowing, and Angela Merkel, the German chancellor who has been under siege for months on this issue, is suddenly breathing easier. To discuss this, I'm joined by Stefan Wagsdell, our Berlin bureau chief, and Alex Barker, our Brussels-based diplomatic correspondent. Alex, let me start with you. Some of these refugees have started going back to Turkey. How has it gone thus far? Well, this week was really D-Day for the Turkey-EU plan to return the vast majority of migrants landing on Greek islands back to Turkey. It started on March 20th, and April 4th was the day where they really showed that a returns policy was going to happen. They wanted the pictures of migrants being put on boats and taken back to Turkey. Around 200 went on Monday. Most of those were individuals who had not sought asylum, so they decided for whatever reason, some of them were Pakistanis, Bangladeshis, there were a couple of Afghans in there, some Syrians, but for whatever reason they decided not to seek asylum in Greece, and for that reason the Greek authorities sent them back to Turkey. So it was a show that the system can work, but frankly it hasn't really started moving in the way that would be necessary to make it work in the medium term, because there are around 4,000 migrants on the Greek island at the moment who are seeking asylum, whose applications will have to be studied in some way and then will have to be sent back to Turkey. And the legal and logistical challenge of doing that hasn't really been addressed properly yet, and that will happen over the coming weeks. So we've seen a couple of hundred people go on Monday, but at the same time, a few hundred people are coming over from Turkey, a backlog is building, and it's still an open question whether they'll be able to get a system in place to really clear that out and make it absolutely clear that this is a short circuit that people won't be able to make it to Germany via a boat across the Aegean. But this is where the UN criticism has come in. Under the Geneva Conventions, everyone who seeks asylum has to have their application heard and processed. What has the EU's response been to the fact that the UN believes that perhaps the Greek authorities aren't up to this task? Well, they're saying everyone will have their application assessed. And the point is that the Greek law says if they're able to apply in Turkey and have their claim addressed there, then they should be sent back to Turkey to do so. And Syrians do have a status in Turkey of some protection. But for non-Syrians, that protection isn't there at the moment. So if you're an Iraqi Kurd who has made it to a Greek island applied for asylum, at the moment it will be very uncomfortable for the EU to send you back to Turkey because you don't really have any route to protection. And that has to be sorted before this system works on a kind of systematic basis. And this is one of the reasons why there's so much concern among aid agencies and charities 
and really the kind of blunt criticism of the EU that it's not really used to facing. It's going to be a pretty difficult and at times quite an ugly period for the EU to kind of enforce this policy. They all say there's no real alternative. This is the only way that we can stop this kind of irregular migration, that we can tackle the smuggling and so forth. But for Europe to stomach this, for voters, for the idealists who set up the institutions to see this through is going to be quite a tough challenge. Stefan, let me turn to you on that very point, because this is sort of the awkward position that the Chancellor Merkel is in. On the one hand, she has a domestic population that is up in arms about the tens of thousands of migrants that are showing up in Germany. On the other hand, it has been her policy to focus on Turkey and to demand that Turkey take these refugees back. And she is cutting under criticism for basically sending tens of thousands of people back to a country that is increasingly authoritarian, that is seen as not treating refugees and asylum seekers properly. How has she balanced that? And is the fact the flow has slowed down in Germany all she needs right now? The first thing to say is that they are taking very cautious credit for what's happened this week on the Greek islands in terms of the returns. They say it's very early to say, but things are moving in the right direction. They say very little about what has already had a much bigger effect on inflows of migrants into Central Europe, including into Germany, which is the closures of various frontiers in the Balkans, starting with Macedonia. However, it is those closures which have given German officials and police and politicians a little bit of breathing room because the numbers arriving in Germany are now much lower than they were three months ago. But she can't take the credit for that because she criticized and still criticizes those border closures. So she's maneuvering in a very difficult position. On the one hand, she still speaks about the importance of protecting refugees in Germany and therefore of open borders, of keeping open the Schengen system, of preserving the unity of the EU, which are all very high and laudable principles. On the other hand, she is having to eat political dirt in her relationship with Turkey. And President Erdogan is rubbing her face in it with some remarkable attacks on the German media, for example, which Merkel has had to swallow. So this is a very difficult time for Merkel. Yes, the immediate pressures caused just by the sheer numbers arriving in Germany have eased, but the political complications have not. And we all await with some interest what the first opinion polls to be done after this week will show. But up until the end of last week, they still showed her in a weakening position and the CDU in a weakening position. As you pointed out, Stefan, the Turkish government and President Erdogan himself has denounced Germany, has denounced particularly a satiric video that the German public broadcaster put out, summoned the German ambassador to the foreign ministry to issue a demarche. This hasn't played very well in Germany. How is she tried to both stand up for the right of free press and free expression and at the same time to continue this wooing of the Turks who are so essential to her policy of accepting these refugees back. With great difficulty, we've been treated this week to her spokesman explaining how in a telephone call with the Turkish prime minister on Sunday, on the one hand, she said that Germany remains a land of free speech and democracy. On the other hand, she extraordinarily um, agrees with the Turkish Prime Minister Davutoglu that a satirical poem, in fact a very insulting poem that one of the entertainers published, was a direct attack on Erdogan. She didn't go any further than that, but the implication was that she was condemning this piece of work. So she's having to toe a very difficult line. It's uncomfortable. In terms of public pressure, though, more people are interested in reducing the numbers 
than are interested in, unfortunately, the principles that Turkey should be held to high standards and that human rights and uh, democratic standards in Turkey are very, very important. When it comes to the crunch, it's the pressure to reduce the numbers that comes first. Alex, let me ask you to wrap this up by tying these two threads together. One of the most interesting things about this crisis is Merkel's standing in Europe more broadly. For the first time since these series of crises from the Eurozone crisis to the Ukraine crisis, for the first time we have seen Chancellor Merkel really weakened on a global stage. How has that affected Germany's standing in Europe more broadly? And do we suddenly find ourselves with an EU that is essentially leaderless? If we see that Merkel has been the strongest leader in Brussels over the last five to six years, Is this now an EU that is even more in crisis because it is losing its anchor? Where you're definitely right is through this migration crisis, we've seen talk of an east-west divide, of north-south divides. But actually, through the most difficult periods, it's basically been Germany against the rest. And it's an extraordinary turnaround for a politician who is one of the longest serving around the table of 28 leaders, certainly the most powerful and the most influential And from the time of the Eurozone crisis where she held all the cards, she's now in a position of both trying to set the terms of what she wants and be the main kind of uh, demandeur around the table. And it's very difficult. And I don't know whether I go as far to say that Europe is in a leaderless position, but she certainly is struggling to drive the agenda that she sees as necessary for solving her problems domestically on migration. And particularly now, as we're getting to a stage where it's all about implementation. The flow, as Stefan was saying, has become a trickle into Germany, and it's markedly reduced from Turkey to Greece. But we're still seeing 50-odd thousand people in Greece that are waiting for the EU to get this act together. There are 45,000 on the mainland, 4,000 people detained, a lot of them children, mostly Syrians, on these islands. That is a hugely uncomfortable position for this union to be in, for Germany, for everyone else. And it will rely on them getting together and working together and doing things like taking refugees that many of them have been hiding from for a year to really get to the bottom of this and to sort it out. And so we've seen a real kind of arc in terms of how Europe has approached this crisis, and we're really getting to the crux of whether they actually have the capacity to deal with it on the ground now. That's it for this week. My thanks to Stefan and Alex. World Weekly is produced by Fiona Simon. Until next Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com AI for people to learn more. Week, goodbye.